This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz and Zach. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Good to talk to you guys last week because I was in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's officially the start of draft season. We aren't even past the Super Bowl yet. And, and yes, this is Super Bowl week. But I think I'm going to talk about that a little later in the week. All right. Uh, in, in this episode, uh, you know, I'll be going over the top Senior Bowl risers, some fallers, you know, who should we pay, be paying attention to? After watching Senior Bowl practices, which, by the way, is where it's at, the game doesn't really matter, you know, nearly as much as the practices because the practices is where the players get all the opportunity. Uh, you know, half of these skill position players weren't even available for the game, you know, because they felt like they proved enough during the week. It's not worth risking injury. Now it's time to get ready for the NFL Combine, so I totally get that. Okay, so don't take out, you know, too much from the game if you watched it. Before we go on, the, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. There are already a ton of Underdog Fantasy pickums to choose from over on underdogfantasy.com for the big game, higher or lower than one and a half passing touchdowns for Brock Purdy, higher or lower on Christian McCaffrey's uh, 92 and a half rushing yards, Travis Kelsey higher lower than half a touchdown. If you think he's scoring a touchdown, might as well go higher there. Will he score or not? Okay. There are a bunch to choose from. You can throw a few of these into an entry. You can win up to 100 times your money. And right now, if you use code UPPERHAND, you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100, and you'll get a free square. Patrick Mahomes, over half a yard total. Total, okay? So you just throw that into your entry along with, you know, one or more of your other picks, and you just secured at least one of those picks to, to hit. Uh, to help you get closer to winning, you know, six times your money, 10x your money, 20 times your money, or even 100 times your entry amount. Okay, so you can use the link in the description of the show or use the code UPPERHAND to take advantage of those offers when you visit underdogfantasy.com and download the app today. So get your entries in now for the big game. Okay, back to the Senior Bowl. I do want to focus on wide receivers and running backs, but let's quickly talk quarterbacks. Okay, there were some big names out there, Oregon, QB Bo Nix, uh, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler. Uh, it, it was rough on day one. No quarterback really stood out. As, as the week went on, though, I think some of these quarterbacks started to do well. I think Spencer Rattler showed the most, honestly, and I think he had his stock rise the most out of any of these quarterbacks. Uh, he seemed the most confident among the group. He made the biggest plays. He was willing to rip it down the field. He had the best throws. And that says a lot, you know, given the hype around guys like Bo Nix, you know, who's a potentially, you know, he's considered a potential first round pick. You know, Rattler most likely wasn't even be wasn't even being considered maybe until round three at best. Um, and now I'm wondering if a team will take a chance on him earlier. Remember, 
he was a Heisman potential a few years ago. You know, times have changed, but you know, remember he was benched for Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. Okay, so we might see a little resurgence from Rattler. Uh, he definitely has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, no doubt about it. Uh, I think next best was Michael Penix, and you know, obviously, you know, went to the national championship and all, and all that. Um, I was personally kind of disappointed in what I saw from Bo Nix, but I, I will say that it's not easy for quarterbacks to get acclimated with new receivers that quickly, you know, just in a couple of days. But still, I hope to see more out of him. Um, we didn't see any sort of first round talent, you know, last week. The one area Nix did shine was his short to intermediate accuracy. He had a great red zone period on day three of practice. That's really where he shines. You know, I think personally, like, give him a West Coast offense, you know, give him, uh, you know, along with some timing stuff, like, stuff to get in, you know, uh, get the ball out of his hands quick. I think that's where he can be successful in the NFL. Uh, but we'll see where these guys end up in drafts. It's very possible we see a few quarterbacks go above these guys in this year's draft. Um, and, you know, maybe they they end up being like the fifth or sixth quarterbacks taken. You know, it, it's really up in the air with a guy like Bo Nix. You know, it really is. It could be first round, not first round. I don't know. You know, it, it's going to be all over the place, you know, behind those first few quarterbacks like Caleb Williams, Drake May, and a few other guys. Let's talk running backs. There was one clear running back who was in Mobile who we know is a good prospect, and that's USC's Marshawn Lynch. Regardless of whether you know he came to the Senior Bowl or not, I think he was locked in as one of the best running back prospects in this class. He has a case as a top five running back in this class. He definitely looked to be the best out of all the running backs during the Senior Bowl week, he showed a nice change of direction. He found the holes when they were there. He most importantly showed that he's very capable in the receiving game. I personally believe that he didn't get to show what he's fully capable of in that department. So I asked him if he thinks USC didn't allow him to showcase his full abilities in the receiving game and also what he's trying to show, and here's what he said. Yeah, just my, just the way I can catch the ball, you know, the way I can just use my, my body to maneuver and uh, get in and out of cuts and just show my explosiveness. Um, that's, that's a big thing right now in the league, just being a running back that's very versatile. So I just feel like um, that's a big reason why when I came here, just to go out here and show exactly what all the abilities I could do. Uh, no, at USC, uh, I think they, they did a really good job um, allowing me to go out for routes and um, different like screen passes and just different routes that they had me doing. I think they did a really good job. Like, Coach Lee Riley schemed up a lot of good things for me. When you look at the numbers, 1.2 yards per route run each of the last two seasons, that's very solid for a college running back. I think he can run a bit of a more diverse route tree with a little bit more refinement, but it's also pretty clear he has good hands, uh, and he showed that last week. In terms of the run game, 7.1 yards per carry last year, but more importantly, top 10 in yards after contact per attempt each of the last two seasons among qualifying Power 5 running backs, second in missed tackles forced per attempt last year among 170 qualifying FCS running backs last year, 14th in 2022 among a similar number of running backs, okay? So he checks a lot of boxes. If he gets taken on day two of the NFL draft, he is a late first-round dynasty rookie draft running back. And by the way, our Dynasty kit is dropping on March 1st. Our Rookie Draft kit is dropping on April 1st. So make sure to keep a lookout on all that. Stay tuned on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy and here on the podcast, okay? A couple of other running backs real quick. Ray Davis out of Kentucky. I think he's like the definition of a solid back, someone who can be very productive in the run game if he's given opportunity, right? Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons at two different programs. Uh, had a very efficient year last year, almost 1,500 total yards. He ranked 16th out of 85 qualifying Power 5 running backs. And the 1.3 yards per route run last year definitely piqued my interest as well. And he did show 
that he can catch the football in Mobile. Uh, he had some you know, nice one-handed grabs. You know, he showed the ability to catch the ball in the flat uh, and run some routes downfield and get targeted. So, you know, he was probably the most impressive running back to me. Um, and, and I asked him, you know, like if that's what he's trying to show here in Mobile. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, the way the running backs are nowadays, you can't just be a bulldozer. You can't just be a guy that just runs straight all the time. You got to be able to be versatile in the pass game, in the run game, and in protection too. So for me, I really want to just focus on getting better with my hands. I've always been able to catch, um, but, you know, I wanted to show that today in my, in my route to one-on-ones. I also just want to show that throughout the season. A lot of talk about Dylan Lobby out of New Hampshire. Uh, he led the FBS in all-purpose yards last year. Really good route runner, easily one of the best pass catching running backs in this draft class. He did his thing in Mobile. He showed a lot, you know, he showed a little bit of juice in the run game, but the receiving game is really where he showed out. He was winning one on ones against corners. Okay. <laughs> He's a running back. But here's the thing it's really hard to carve out a viable role as a satellite back, you know, as a third down back. Uh, and become fantasy relevant, okay? It's really hard. You, you need to be capable on early downs, and he just hasn't shown that in his career. He's an FCS running back, okay? He didn't play in the majors. So if you're not playing in the majors, you need to stand out, okay? And he did just the opposite of that in the run game. 111 running, running backs with 100 or more carries in the FCS last year. He ranked 91st in yards after contact per attempt. In 2022, he ranked 92nd among 128 running backs with 100-plus carries. So, listen, at that level of competition, you got to stand out, and he didn't, okay? He was 93rd among 116 running backs in missed tackles forced per attempt last year. So, not great, okay? Laube isn't someone I'll be targeting in my rookie drafts despite their ability in the receiving game. Um, now, if I was targeting any FCS running back out of the Senior Bowl, it would be Isaiah Davis. He stood out. You know, coming out of a good program, at South Dakota State, PFF's number one graded FCS running back last year. In fact, he had a 90-plus grade each of the last four seasons. 200-plus carries in the FCS last year. There were only eight guys who did that. He was first in yards up to contact per attempt among them, first in missed tackles forced per attempt among them. He has good vision. He has good size. He runs a little upright, but I think he's the running back to target if you're going to grab any of these FCS running backs in this draft class. He didn't necessarily pop in Mobile. He had some good plays here and there, but it's really tough to evaluate running backs at the senior bowl, okay? I'm just going to default to his tape. He looked good. Um, so I'm good grabbing him, you know, later on in my rookie drafts. Let's see where he gets drafted. My guess is he'll be a day three running back, but decent, you know, decent guy to go grab later in your rookie drafts. On to wide receivers. The best wide receiver there was Lad McConkey from Georgia. Very disciplined route runner, showed ease in creating separation. He's not just a slot guy although he'd be very good there. Um, I do think he can play flanker at a high level in the NFL. Tough to match up with him one-on-one. -on -one. He had some great reps. Uh, you know, make sure to check out my Instagram reels and YouTube shorts on a few of these guys, including him. He was definitely one of them. There's a chance he gets taken in the first round. My guess would be second round still, but I can see it, okay? He was a little bit banged up this past season. He still ended up sixth among 223 qualifying Power 5 wide receivers in yards per route run. There were other wide receivers who showed out, but I'll get to them. But McConkie looks like the most complete receiver out of any of them. Maybe not a number one, but a very solid number two. Um, I asked him where he thinks he fits at the next level. Yeah, uh, really continue to kind of move inside and outside. Kind of did it at Georgia. Be 11 personnel, I'd be mostly outside. Um, 12, I'd kind of move inside and stuff like that and play the slot. So I have a lot of film at both positions. Um, I think I've kind of shown it here, too, that I can do it all. So really, I mean, it's just they've asked me what I feel more comfortable in. 
Um, and I tell them it really doesn't matter. Wherever y'all met us together, I can go do it. There were three other wide receivers who really stood out to me. Michigan's Roman Wilson, Florida's Ricky Pearsall, and USC's Brandon Rice, son of the GOAT, Jerry Rice. I do want to mention Malachi Corley as well uh, and a couple of other guys too. So let's start with Roman Wilson and Ricky Pearsall. I think both of these guys are very, very good slot wide receivers. I think they could do that at the next level pretty nicely. They both showed good footwork last week. They're both very smooth in their route running. It was hard for DBs to keep up with them. Both showed some nice speed too. If I had to pick one, I think Roman Wilson was just a tad bit better than Pearsall for me, a little bit more consistent during the week, made the most of his reps. And you look at the numbers from last season. He ranked 28th of 148 qualifying Power 5 wide receivers in yards per reception, 17th of 148 wide receivers in yards per route run, and he, he was PFF's 14th highest graded wide receiver among those 148 wide receivers. Okay, so pretty good season. He ran out of the slot over the last two years primarily. He did his thing against some good corners this week as well in one-on-ones, uh, particularly one rep against Quinion Mitchell in front of the entire squad at the end of practice with a one-handed catch. Ricky Pearsall was right there too. The speed was there. The route running was there. He had some of my favorite reps of any wide receiver during the week. He was being targeted during 11-on-11s, which is big. Uh, both these guys were, to be honest. Ninth most yards per route run out of the slot last year, qualified at 50-plus targets in the slot, sixth highest catch percentage among those slot wide receivers as well. I asked him where he thinks he'd be the most comfortable at the next level. Yeah, man, that was a question that came up a lot when I was talking to these teams, but I told them I'm comfortable both in the slot and outside. You know, I can go in or out. It doesn't matter, but um, I feel very comfortable in the slot. You know, that's kind of like where a lot of people have, like, seen me as. But I can have success all over on the outside, too. So being able to come out here and display my abilities outside and inside was very important to me. Is that something that they're giving you an opportunity with, like, you know, playing the Z, X, Y? Yeah, I've played every single position since I've been here. So I appreciate the coaches, you know, taking my word for it and putting me out there and giving me those opportunities to go show what I can do. I think both these guys will likely hear their name called between rounds two and three. Brendan Rice, USC wide receiver, he has some upside, man. He's big. He has some speed. He uses that physicality. And he has some underrated route running as well. And for a big man, he can move pretty nicely in and out of his cuts. He showed versatility. So I'm definitely intrigued in his game. I will say one of the coolest moments for me during the week was being able to talk to his dad, Jerry Rice. I watched him chop it up uh, together after practice. I watched Jerry then chop it up with Terrell Owens. Literally just a few steps away from these guys on the field. Really cool stuff. Uh, anyway, the physicality for Rice was there, right? On day one, there were two particular reps that he, you know, I think it was two reps in a row, actually, where he was just straight up getting held, multiple flags thrown by the refs his way um, into the end zone. And then he caught a touchdown both times despite the physicality. He fought through it. He wasn't satisfied with just the flag. He still did his thing, caught the touchdowns. And that, to me, says a lot about him, okay? What type of receiver he is, what kind of dog mentality he has, Okay. So then he shows his route running ability as well without getting physical, right? The fact that he was able to show multiple assets of, the, of his game was very smart on his part, and he actually executed on it, okay? Release, separation, he showed it. I asked him about that underrated piece of his game. 
honestly, if you really think I can't separate, I feel as though you should go look at the tape. But hey, I'm here now, and I will continue to go ahead and show that I can do that and be a dominant force within the game of football. He did have a couple of drops here and there, but he didn't really overshadow the great moments he had. When you look at the numbers last year, there were 139 power, power 5 wide receivers who had 50-plus targets. He ranked 14th among those wide receivers in yards per route run. 14th among them in yards per reception too so i can see him jumping up to round two potentially after what he showed this weekend i think he has the pedigree <laughs> and i think you would agree i i think luke mccaffrey is an honorable mention he he has some refinement to do um but overall as someone who's only played the wide receiver position for two years he's pretty good he was quarterback before um and you look at the pedigree with him, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, little Christian McCaffrey's little brother, you know, their dad, Ed McCaffrey. These guys have a high ceiling. His mom, Their mom's a, a crazy athlete, too. I'm not ready to say that he'll be a fantasy-relevant wide receiver at the next level, but he is on his way to refining his skills. Malachi Corley is an interesting name. He had a solid showing. Uh, didn't really stand out like crazy, but I think his skill set doesn't necessarily play. You know, like he's he was good in one on ones, but like this is that's not his like game, right? He's a big guy. He recognizes the the empty spots in the zone. Five ten, two fifteen. That's a running back size right there. So, except he plays wide receiver. So think Debo, think Anquan Bolden. That's how he's built. That's how he plays. Very physical. Very good after the catch, and he did pretty well overall in Mobile. So keep an eye on him in drafts. I asked him about how he thinks he fits into the NFL's off into into NFL offenses next year, and how his skill set translates. Uh, ultimately, just I'm as consistent as they come. You know, uh, strong hands and always in the right place at the right time. Being very a heads up player and very, being very smart, always knowing where to find the zones in the defense, and uh, even win, winning in man-to-man -man coverage. You know, always being a safety blanket for my quarterback, and always you know always coming down with hard catches or and always making easy ones look easy, so, you know. Uh, and you primarily were in the slot for the entirety of your career. Is that the role you think teams are envisioning for you at the next level, or is there a chance that you play more of a flanker, maybe a role on the outside? Yeah, I think I'll be more of a flanker and be able to be adjustable and play anywhere on the field. Uh, you know, my ability to run after the catch and stuff like that, it's it's really easy to it plug me into an offense. And even outside that, me showing here that I can run the entire route tree is going to make people a lot more comfortable playing me to X or Z, uh, being able to win against longer guys on the outside because I'm so strong and physical. Uh, so, yeah, I can think I can do it all. Very interested to see his landing spot, but he'd be great out of the slot. Uh, it's worth noting that he's been pretty efficient the last two years. Yards after contact per reception was high, 2.78 and 2.68 yards per route run the last two seasons. Very good. Uh, very good production profile as well. Almost 1,000 yards receiving last year, almost 1,300 yards receiving the year before, 11 touchdowns each of the last two seasons. So keep an eye on him, okay? I think the guy who might have hurt his stock the most during Senior Bowl week was North Carolina's Devontae Walker. Um, you know, the drops were crazy. So many drops. Uh, he made some nice moves, you know, separated at times, just dropped the ball. It was bad. Um, if you saw my video on IG reels or YouTube shorts, you'll see how many times he dropped the ball. Not only that, he struggled to separate at times as well. He didn't show the fight that I love to see the fight that rush that, you know, that, uh, Brandon Rice was able to show, um, and then you look at the numbers in his career, you're like, well, nothing really stands out here, right? The size-speed combo is there. The combination is there, but the numbers weren't. Um, didn't really stand out in yards per route run. He was okay in contested catches. Was one of the worst after the catch. So I think he might be in a void for me personally, especially, you know, I think his price is going to be a little bit too high. Now, I'm very curious if he's still being considered the first rounder that he was considered, you know, coming, up, coming into the senior bowl, but we'll see. Okay, he was... He was in um, Daniel Jeremiah's 
first round mock draft before the senior bowl. Okay, keep that in mind. Uh, I will mention Xavier uh, Leggett, big dude, DK Metcalf like size, but doesn't run routes like big guys like AJ Brown. He uses his size as advantage, you know, and the production for him will really depend on landing spot and the quarterback that he gets paired up with. I'm not sure he, that he has superstar potential, but he shows flashes, right? I think DK Metcalf is his ceiling. The thing with Leggett is that he he hasn't produced until his fifth year in college. So big dudes like him against 19-year-old corners, like who's going to win those battles? You know what I'm saying? I think a wide receiver who didn't really show out, but I think is a, still a very good wide receiver, is Javon Baker. You know, I'm not downgrading him at all just because he hasn't showed out here in Mobile. Still a very good wide receiver. Uh, small school wide receiver who looked good on day one was Ryan Flournoy out of Southeast Missouri. So keep an eye on those guys. Um, you know, and, and by the way, guys, we're going to have a whole lot of prospects to talk about. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, you know, over the next several weeks, months. So we have a lot to do. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back for a Super Bowl preview episode later this week with some picks for that game as well, underdog picks and more. Keep an eye out for that later this week. The draft season has begun, okay? A lot more rookie talk, prospect talk for the next two months. Thank you guys for listening. Hope everyone's doing well this offseason. See you later. Bye-bye.